Hey, Fungo Banter fans, Eric Sorensen here with another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter podcast. I am in Big Country Studios, Ellensburg, Washington, ready to bring you another exciting episode. Head coach Brian Jackson of Graham Capalison High School. Coach is also the president of your Washington State Coaches Association. Great insight to the association, great insight to his team building and culture building along the way. Excited for this interview. I can't wait to hear from everybody and what they think about it. First off, Let's check us out on Facebook at Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter on Twitter at Fungo Banter PNW. Please share, get on there, communicate with us. We'd love, we got some polls coming out and some communications coming out. Um, the other thing is please get on subscribe rate and review on iTunes. The more we get on there, the more this gets shared and gets brought out in front of the people that need to be listening uh, and other coaches in the Pacific Northwest fraternity. So uh, can't wait to talk to all you guys on social media. Can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Let's bring on Coach. Hey, Fungo Banter fans, we're back with another guest. Super excited to have him on. Brian Jackson, head baseball coach at Graham Capallison High School. Coach, thank you for joining us, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. I'm honored to be here, and I'm excited. I uh, looked at your lineup, and as we said, I'm not sure I measure up to quite that cast, the guys that you've had on there, but it's great to be here and listening to your podcast, and uh, I'm super excited. What you guys are doing is really, really cool. Well, thanks. We appreciate that, and we're you know we're just trying to get the Pacific Northwest coaches out there. And and first question, hard hitting question: What's your favorite fungo? Yeah, it's the you know I'm just part of the group. It's the SSK without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a black SSK with a natural handle. Uh, it's it's the best fungo out there. Um, I've also been using a uh, a Mizuno that's a lot similar to that. So. Um, it's, I really like that one too. It's nice and light and, and that 36, 37 inch fungal is great. So SSK without a doubt, that seems to be the consensus. So I didn't want to, I, I was going to try to think of a clever answer, but I didn't have one. So <laughs> that's it. Well, I think coach Benedetti threw us all off on that and we'll, we'll tell that story later. Yeah. Um, so talk <laughs> about your, yeah, that's great. <laughs> talk about your career, uh, coaching career, your background and, and where, why are your path is that got you to end up at Graham Capallison? Well, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been a long time. It's my path, obviously baseball. And I grew up in Puyallup and went to Rogers high school and, and attended green river played for Bill Hain for a couple of years there, which was great. And then I would transfer to Washington state and didn't play baseball. Um, and then, you know, got my first teaching job in 1991. And when I student taught at Puyallup High School, I volunteered uh, for the baseball program there and worked with Jerry DeLoreni. And then uh, I knew I wanted to coach baseball for sure and teach. And so I didn't know what path that was going to take. But And then the summer after I student taught, Mike Heward, the longtime football coach, legendary football coach down there, called me and asked me if I wanted to volunteer to coach defensive backs and so I jumped at that chance I didn't think I was going to be a football coach at that time and so that I learned a heck of a lot from him about coaching and and that was great and then I continued to uh the 
second or third year, I became the JV coach at Puyallup and then became the JV coach at Rogers, the rival school, my old high school. And I thought that was going to, you know, be where I was going to be for a long time. And then the head coaching job came open in 1994 uh, in a teaching position at Franklin Pierce High School, which is just down the road. And so I jumped at the chance at that, and I interviewed, and I got the job. I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, I don't know how old I was, but I was not very old as a head coach. And it was funny because the principal asked me, the last question he asked in the interview, he looked me in the eye, and he goes, Brian, are you ready to be a head coach? And, you know, of course, being a head coach at 23 or 24, I said, of course I am. And then I soon found out that I wasn't. And so even now I don't know if I'm ready to be a head coach half the time. But uh, so that was, you know, 14 years at Franklin Pierce, and, and I really learned what coaching was all about and, well, most of it or some of it, I don't know, anywhere in between. And it was great uh, at Franklin Pierce. We had great kids and great families and great parents. And, and so that was a lot of fun, and I think we built some winning traditions. No, I think that they were 0-60 or something when I showed up, and I think we won seven games that next year in 95, and so we thought we had that we were world beaters. We thought we were the best team in the state, and so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, in 2000, 2006 or 7, um, you know, thing, I, some things were happening at Franklin Pierce that I wasn't super happy with. I don't know if I should even mention that or I want to go into it, but um, – but anyway, I thought it was maybe time for a change, which was really difficult because uh, we had, you know, advanced to the uh, state playoffs in 2007 and again, and we had a great team coming back that was mostly juniors in 2007. So I kind of felt I left the best team I think we, I ever would have had at that point. And so that was really difficult decision to make, but I kind of felt I made it for my family and and uh, the job, there were two job openings, one in Yelm and one at Graham Kapowson. And so I interviewed for both and ended up taking the one at GK. And so uh, that was 2008. And so I've been there ever since. And it's been great there. Um, we've been real competitive and we've struggled the last couple of years due to some injuries and things. But, you know, that's where I've been. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a long career. I, I mean, my first coaching job in high school was that 1991. And, and so it feels like, a short time, but it seems like it's been a long time. So uh, it's been great. I've had the opportunity to really work with some great people. I worked with Mike Heward, who, you know, at Puyallup, working with him as a football coach, we came home from a, a football clinic on Sunday afternoon, and he, he, uh, we were chatting in the driveway or whatever, and he asked me, he goes, well, what are you going to do this afternoon? And I said, well, I'm probably going to go home and recover. You know, it's been a long weekend at a long clinic and probably go to sleep and I go, I asked him what he was going to do. And he says, well, I'm going to go in and recopy my notes from the <laughs> clinic. And I was like, I was like, that was one of the really the first great lessons I got as a coach. I go that, so I kind of figured, okay, that's what it takes to be a coach and, and, a, and a real good coach. And so, you know, and then I coached as a JV coach under Dave Tate, who was one of my coaches at Rogers as a high school player. And so that I was so blessed and lucky to spend a couple years with him and, and to coach there. And I learned so much from him as a baseball coach. And, and then I decided to, you know, step out after that on my own. And it's just been clinics and reading and everything from there. So I feel really lucky uh, to spend a lifetime, you know, or at least this up to this point, having the opportunity to, to do that in the path that I have been able to go down and the 
opportunities that I've had are pretty amazing and pretty special. And, and so I, you know, I'm really blessed in that regard. Coach, this is Kelly here. Uh, we're going to transition a little bit, talk about GK baseball and, and everything that uh, you have going on there, but let's talk a little bit about culture building and stuff that you've done with, within your programs there, maybe from when you first started to where you're at now, what are, what are some things you guys really focus on to, to get a, a cohesive group and guys that want to play for each other year after year? Well, I really, you know, I, I really enjoy thinking about culture and team building. And I think it, it, it's been, you know, obviously as a coach, you, you have years where it feels like you're not doing any of that. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but there's some years where I felt like, oh man, this has been the most difficult, uh, you know, prospect to have that team chemistry. But even from the beginning, I kind of always felt that you had to spend time together uh, with the players and you had to have high expectations of them and I think you have to be real honest with the players and they have to be honest with themselves and their teammates and and you know building that camaraderie and that culture and that trust with the athletes takes time and when I was a young coach I had a lot of time and I mean we did everything under the sun you know we would we would go to um, cross-country meets and watch the you know cheer on the cross-country team we had you know the team dinners once a week minimum um, and to build that camaraderie, we would, uh, when I was at Franklin Pierce until I think my third child was born, we had morning practice and had two a days for the first two weeks of the season. And, and in the, well, I guess it was the old days In the old days, we really worked the snot out of them. You know, we would come in and, and physically, you know, do physical conditioning, which is not much anymore these days. Everybody does it, but for an hour and a half, and that really built a sense of, and they're, when they're grinding it out in the gym at 5.30 in the morning for an hour um, and sweat, and, you know, that really built a lot of team camaraderie there, working through those obstacles and adversity. And so, you know, we've done all kinds of things like that. Now at GK, you know, I try to, I try to make pancakes for them, and we come in and have pancakes, you know, once or twice a year maybe, and especially if we get into the district playoffs and we have fun building team that way. Um, we take trips to Eastern Washington. I think there's maybe in this entire time as a head coach, I've only not gone with a team to Eastern Washington for, for two games, maybe two or three years. And I know for kids these days, you know, with travel ball, you know, going on a trip on a tournament is not that big a deal or that sort of stuff. But I got found out, especially at GK, um, you know, that's some of their greatest memories. And, is we've been going we went to moses lake forever for a long time at gk and prior to that we went to west valley and and all over uh and yakima and hanford and things like that and uh some of the greatest memories and the team building and camaraderie were made with our skits and and making fun of one another and and uh at, after the games that we played over there we went we've gone bowling you know we've gone swimming i think my first year at gk over there which I didn't know there were about five or six kids jumping in Moses Lake. And when I find out, I just about fell apart at the seams, you know, thinking of all the crazy things that could have happened. And then I go down there and their parents are, their parents are with them. And so uh, that was crazy. But, um, you know, my son graduated in 2019 and he played and I still think he, I think his greatest memory was, uh, was, was going to Yakima his junior year. 
And then last year, his senior year, um, we, we couldn't go because there was five feet of snow on the field, and uh, which is which is really weird. So those kids, I mean, they said it all year long how much they missed going over there and how much fun we had. And we have scavenger hunts and things. I mean, one of the best things we've ever done was having a scavenger hunt. And we divide into three teams and get in the vans and go do it. It takes about two hours, and and it's just that's just a heck of a lot of fun for the kids, and it provides an opportunity to get away from the game a little bit and enjoy one another and get to know one another on a different level where you can't do sometimes on the baseball field. And so things like that, you know, I think really have, you get a chance to, to team build and, and we have goal, we have goal setting opportunities, preseason goal setting, and then in season goal setting. And I think also give us an opportunity to, uh, to bring a team together. And, and so that's off the field, you know, outside of the competition that, that breeds that uh, trust and camaraderie as well. So, you know, I mean, I think just a lot of those things that allow us to, to really connect where we're not thinking about baseball so much, but where we're thinking about we're people and at GK um, and throughout my career, I think I've tried to coach kids as kids and coach them as people and, kind of the same in the classroom, you know, the, the students come first before the lesson objectives. And I think trying to maintain that approach with the baseball players has really makes us feel like we're people and we're working together on a different level. Hasn't always been successful, as I mentioned earlier on, but, but I think, you know, I think I try to kind of hang my hat on, on those, uh, on those activities that bring kids together. And so I'm kind of proud of that. You know, I'm, I'm, you said that, and we had a trip planned to go west this year, and that was a, that was the main reason why I, I didn't even care. They said somebody's going to rain. I said, well, I don't care. I just want to take the kids together for 24 hours, locked together without baseball. And I'm so bummed that we didn't get to do that. Yeah, it's a real bummer. I feel bad not only for the kids this year, but last year too. It's just, yeah, it, they just get to have so much fun, you know, away from the game and. Uh, my assistant coach two years ago put together packets for the kids and they had to answer a series of questions. And we, I mean, it was, it was just silence um, in these vans on the way to the halfway to Yakima before we got to the pass. And they were really concentrating on their answers. And then we were able to share them later. And I mean, I've got stories, gosh, we got stuck on white pass one night in these old Astro vans and we all felt all the kids were, Yeah. It was terrible. My assistant, who was hauling all the gear, we stopped in Natchez, and it was dark at that point. And he comes up and says, I'm telling you right now that if it's snowing, I'm not stopping. <laughs> and we're like, okay, whatever, you know. And we've got two Astro vans and, and his, you know, Ford F-250 carrying all the gear. And lo and behold, you know, we start up the, uh, our up White Pass, and it ends up uh, being a blizzard. And we had to pull the vans over and put the put the chains on. And I'm not very smart. And so I put the chains on the wrong wheels. Oh. And we figured that out about 100 yards after we put them on. And then my assistant threw a chain. And it was fun in games until we got to the top of the pass. And, and nobody was saying a word. And uh, windows were fogged up. And we got to the pack and we all fell out of the vans and we were all kissing the ground because we thought for sure that we were going to die that time. And so that's what I, it was kind of interesting, but you know, yeah, I mean, those are the memories. I still have contact with the shortstop from back then. And 
he's coaching an assistant coach of Franklin Pierce right now. And I made him stand outside the van in front of the lights so that the lights could reflect off of his white pants so I could see what I was doing. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you can't replace that with anything. So anyway, that's just, yeah, you're right. It, it's so much fun. You know, coach, that, that is so true that we, you know, we're, we're teaching these men about the game, but we're also instilling them principles of life. And, you know, you know, sometimes I think we forget about the bigger picture is that our impact is significant in their next step in life. And then that is either that's moving on to play at the next level or, you know, just, you know, going into college to get a career or whatever the case may be. But, you know, we as coaches play a huge, huge role in a lot of these, uh, our players' lives. And, and it's, it's important that we uh, don't forget that. And so I want to ask you, uh, here, Coach, I know you've been coaching here for 25-plus years, and you've seen a lot throughout your time. Um, how has that communication uh, been between the player and the, and the coach as well as the parent over the years? Uh, have you seen that change much or that kind of the same, well, I forgot to tell mom or, you know, there's no you know reason why, you know, uh, let's explain to the parent why so-and-so Johnny's not playing today, you know, or – you know, has that, um, you know, has that changed at all or, or has it not for you as, as over the years of coaching? You know, I, that's a really interesting and a really good question because at times I want to say, you know, coaching kids is not the same as it used to be, you know, or today's athlete is not the same. And then the interaction with the parents, the parents are, you know, what do they call them? The helicopter parents or, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, parents are so involved in their kids' lives today, much more so than they were in the past, which I think is maybe true for some kids. But, you know, I think when I really think about that question, I think it's always been the same. Um, I think that communicating with athletes and communicating with parents, that part hasn't changed outside of the technology and uh, the ability to do that in more ways. But I think that. Um, I think it's your expectations, you know, of how you establish it with the parents and with the players is that as long as you're, uh, you're open and honest and truthful, I think that whether parents like it or the players like it, I think you have to do that. I mean, I found that out over the years that if you're not honest and you're not open, you know, and you're trying to tell kids that what's not true either about their performance or, their mental game or the emotional game and as well as the parents that um, it's not going to work in the end for anyone. And so I think and it's hard and I haven't always been successful at it. I don't want to come off as sounding like I'm, you know, uh, great at this, but I think that, you know, you have to have that transparency and that honesty. Otherwise it just doesn't work out. And that's really difficult to do at times. Um, but another, so as far as changing over the years, I think it has, I think parents have become such more in more involved and the dollar figures that they spend in, you know, the summer with the select ball and the travel ball, that's changed radically. Um, as kids are playing more travel ball and working out all year round and, and that dollar figure, what, two, three, four, five, six thousand dollars and things like that, that's changed it. So I think parents take kind of take the attitude sometimes in the approach that it's an investment 
and they need to see that immediate return on their investment. So if an athlete is, is you know, getting a different experience with their select group or their summer group that they're not getting with their high school, it, there can be some issues there with that because of that monetary investment that they've made. And it's so rad- that's so radically different um, than it was 20, 22 years ago and things like that. So um, that's quite a bit different. I think that skews some perspective. And I'm not saying that parents are wrong or, you know, that I know everything when we have conversations. I think that's really skewed things quite a bit. Um, I think that one thing that makes communication successful with uh, me and parents is I followed some of the proactive coaching and, and Bruce Brown, uh, his teaching over the years. And I think that going with that and leading me with that at our parent meeting um, is very, very, very effective. You know, when you ask parents that they have to, uh, you know, they have to choose, are they going to be the athlete or are they going to be the official or are they going to be the parent or a spectator? What is it going to be? They have to choose that. And I think that's, that makes it really clear for them. As Bruce Brown says, you know, as over 30 years of interviewing kids, is, is that the kids say the worst aspect of participating in athletics is the ride home in the car after a game. And so um, that's been, you know, that's been tough. One of the things I've done in the past, and I started doing this at GK um, during our parent meeting, I try to make the parent meetings a little bit different, is that we've had both kids and parents establish goals together. And they fill out a worksheet with that and we keep it and we reflect on it and show them later. And so, you know, what are the parent expectations? What are the players expectations? How do they balance those versus my expectations? And how do we use all of that to become successful? And so, you know, you really get to find out, you know, we need to know what everybody's expecting. And, and I think sometimes if that's clear, even though it's not always successful and there are breakdowns of communication, I think that's a really fun way to do it. And, to get on the same page if not on the same page at least understand uh what you know what we all want and because that's really what it comes down to and and uh what are what are everyone's expectations and if they're not met then that's where things start to go awry so you know i don't think it's again to sum up i don't know i don't think it's changed that much um because i think communication is communication and that's the key to everything building trust and that doesn't always happen perfectly but if there's that trust in the communication, then whether the answers are good, bad, or positive, or negative, negative, or otherwise, I think it's easier to sort through that and find solutions and work together with athletes and parents alike. Hey there, Banter fans. This is Mike Archer from Sela High School in Yakima Valley Pepsi Pack Baseball, and you are listening to Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter Podcast. Go Vikes and Pack! Uh, well, Coach, we're going to go into our seventh inning stretch part of this deal. Um, we just want to banter back and forth. And we need to announce, I should have done this before, but you are also the president of the Washington State Coaches Association. So talk about some of the new things and and this are taking place within the association right now. Okay. Uh, first, I hope you don't mind if I just say something about the association yeah, in general. Ahead. Is that um, it's like it's – I found a new passion in it. I think I've been doing it for four or five years now and been involved maybe around six years overall. And, and I've really found a passion again, doing it there. It's, it's like nothing else. And, and this kind of leads into first and foremost, I'm lucky to be there. It happened at just, you know, by luck. I don't know. They told me I was going to do it. And I kind of said, okay. And from then on, it's, it's, 
it's one of the best experiences I've ever had coaching. I get to talk to coaches all over the state um, from current and active coaches and young coaches and Hall of Fame coaches. And it's such a rewarding experience uh, to be able to talk to these guys, especially the Hall of Famers. And, and to be at the Hall of Fame banquet in the All-State weekend is like nothing else. I know coaching and, and being in the moment and planning and working with kids and competition is very rewarding and satisfying, but uh, having the opportunity to try to work with these coaches and build legacies, not, I'm not building the legacies certainly, but establishing, the uh, honoring these guys with the association is a pretty amazing thing. I, I try one of the goals and what we're trying to do with the association. One of my major goals and ours is to, to increase the membership and the awareness and to get more coaches involved because what, and I probably was the same way. Um, as a young coach, I didn't think that the coaches association was that big a deal or I didn't know if I had a role in it. Um, but really as a coach, if you think about it, you know, this is when you get inducted to the hall of fame or you win a state honor um, or one of your athletes or players does, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. This is your time. It's your opportunity to be honored. Um, in your coaching career, because really, if you think about it, you know, you might never get honored. I mean, if you don't win a coach of the year award in your league, or if uh, a parent doesn't give you a Starbucks card, which we don't care about. Um, but, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, you know, when, when are you recognized for your body of work and, and for the time that you've spent with kids? And I think that's one of our responsibilities, or at least mine is whenever I'm done with this, I'm hoping that we are finding more ways to, recognize players more ways to recognize coaches and really making that hall of fame banquet the day for that coach and if you if you ever have if you haven't been to one of the banquets it's it's absolutely one of the coolest events that you could possibly go to um you know you've got the hall of fame inductees there with you know between 20 and 30 of their family members and former players and and it is just such a special day and so Increasing that membership, honoring them in that way is, is a goal. I think that after we went through some financial struggles and we kind of came out of that, you know, for the first couple of years I was involved, the coaches, we were writing checks and paying for things, and it was super stressful. And so we kind of changed that, and we merged with the All-State uh, series with Jesse, and which culminated in having the – we call it the All-State weekend now. And so – um, it's golf on Friday night and barbecue Friday night with the coaches. And then it's the, the two double headers on Saturday and Sunday, and then the hall of fame banquet and the all state banquet on Saturday night. And it, it is such a cool event to see, um, to see players, you know, you're talking about players and their siblings and their families all the way through active coaches and hall of famers. And so it's really a gathering that honors the fraternity and the camaraderie of baseball and, and I don't think you can find that anywhere else. And what's really cool, what's happening because of that, which is, I think, I don't know what podcast it was, but Coach Sorensen mentioned, you know, be where your feet are. And and I don't know where I stole that. I stole that from somewhere and used that as a theme, I think, two years ago for the banquet. And it was really powerful. And then Coach uh, Watkins, he and I have been emailing back and forth over the last year and about coaching and about these questions and about, you know, perspective, and, and he grasped a hold of that phrase too, and, and it's been really, you know, that's just one of the 
byproducts of of our goals and what we're doing that you know you really can't that's not necessarily tangible with money or wins or anything like that and so that's real special that I get a chance to talk with him and then tell those stories to people um you know so that all state hall of fame weekend the recognition um increasing the membership we we wanted to for a while we had a goal to establish some clinics and that really changed radically with the covid stuff and now you know uh, Kevin Ag- Agnew and I have been emailing back and forth for probably three or four years on how to best put together a clinic series for us. And then finally, Jesse and I were putting it together. We had everything outlined that we were going to have a barnstorming clinic in the summer or pardon me, in the fall in September and October. And then we were going to release that uh, in hopefully in uh, late May or June. And now the COVID stuff has kind of squashed that, but you know, a positive byproduct of that is what you guys are doing now. And uh, I think this is totally going to change the game. Um, that's kind of a side topic, but, um, you know, other than that, we're working hard to create or uh, increase our partnerships. Jesse works tirelessly over there in Yakima to, to gather fundraising uh, to support this. We just recently partnered with the Rainiers, which was a real big deal. I think um, we, we really nailed that down in November. And ultimately, you know, we had money in the bank and right now that I think we're kind of hopefully becoming into the black a little bit. And we were going to offer two scholarships this year to all, uh, all state players. And I'm, I think that I'm really proud of that. And I'm really excited about that, that we're able to do that with those guys. And so we might not get to that now until next year, but, um, that's really exciting. And so, um, other than that, you know, that's what's happening with the association. We got to get more guys on board. We've got to get the young guys on board because they're going to be the ones that are taking this thing over when all us old guys go away. And, uh, and so we can keep that, uh, that fraternity and that camaraderie alive beyond, uh, you know, your, your, your close coaching circles and in your league and your area and things like that. So it's exciting. I'm, I'm loving it. You know, I, I hope I, I get to keep. Con- oh, go ahead, coach. Sorry. I just, I was just going to say, I hope I uh, get a, to keep doing it for a while. You know, I, I can vouch for you in the fact of last year was the first hall of fame banquet I went to when I was able to, I was lucky enough that Merle or coach Watkins asked me to introduce him. And, and that was such a cool yeah. day. And if you guys are in Yakima on that weekend, you got to get the tickets and go to that banquet. Cause it's just such a cool evening to see guys, uh, their, their volume of work that they've put together over the years, impacting people in baseball. And to see them get the reward for that, that was such a cool opportunity. It is. I, I went when I went to the first banquet. You know, one of our issues where people were complaining when we had it at uh, at Safeco Field, which is a really cool venue to have it. And uh, but you know, when we came out of that thing, it was like three and four hours, and everybody felt like, oh my gosh, my emotions, and it was long, and we got drugs in the mud. And mm-hmm. So <laughs> I just kind of. Well, maybe drugs in the mud isn't the best way to describe that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just remember walking to the car with Mike Williams and, and Jesse, and we all just felt like, oh, my gosh, we're just totally drained. And, and but it is, and I, so I argued for the longest time, hey, let's make this thing five hours if we have to. And because it's just, I mean, I just sit and listen, and, and now I get an opportunity to speak a little bit, but it is just, like you said, it is, it is. It's 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 incomparable to anything else, and I think once you go, you'll never not return. At least I hope to. 
I mean, if my daughter's ever get married and it's on the day of the All State Series or All Fame <laughs> Weekend, I'm saying no way. There's just no chance that's happening. <laughs> I know, that's gonna that crossroads is gonna be an ugly one. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, coach, I wanted to ask you here, um, uh, how, how is, how are you guys handling this whole, I know this has been a kind of a topic for discussion for a lot of us head coaches that we're, we're losing kids to our select ball. And, you know, some of them are even going to the point where they're not even wanting to represent their own high school. Uh, it's the name on the front of the Jersey. And so I kind of want to ask, how is the association, um, and I'm assuming that you guys probably have had these conversations, but how is the association uh, working to kind of work with the high school coaches to try to keep these kids from moving, you know, on to playing for somebody else that is going to give them, uh, you know, un- you know, unopened promises? That's a really, that's a really good question. And, and gosh, I hate to say, to say this, but I don't know if we've, created a plan of action to tackle that issue directly from the association's perspective, you know, at the, at the team level, um, Mm -hmm. at the individual team level or player level, what we have done in the last couple of years and Glenn Walker was, was instrumental in doing this, but we've uh, coordinated, hopefully, you know, I kind of say coordinated loosely, but we've tried to establish the idea that the feeder games are going to be on a common day so that, uh, select coaches and summer coaches try will not schedule their games on that day and a lot and release their players so they can participate in that trying to mm-hmm. uphold and maintain the value of the feeder games in the all state series that's one way and i think that that's continuing and so i think that's helpful um but as an association right now you know i don't boy i'm you know i don't know if i feel like i'm speaking off the cuff here and i don't want to represent everyone uh, that's mm-hmm. a difficult proposition so that uh, for us to be able to do that, I think there's still that adversarial attitude between select coaches and high school ball coaches. You hear it all the time, you know, about, mm-hmm. well, we're teaching this and so-and-so is not teaching that and kids are working all year round. And then the financial aspect of it, you know, it just, it comes down to, you know, there being an adversarial component to that relationship. And so I think that would, we just need to continue Boy, you know, this might be just kind of a Pollyanna answer, but somehow try to maintain transparency and be open and honest and provide an experience uh, for our athletes in the high school, uh, for their high school teams that they're not going to get anywhere else. And we know that as high school coaches, that they're not going to achieve that or they're not going to get that meaningful experience. Not to say that the summer experience isn't meaningful, but mm-hmm. I try to tell my guys that, and it's not about me, but I try to tell my guys that this is the last time. This is the this is the really bad thing about our society and where we're going is that this is the last time they're going to play for a team that you're playing with the guys in your neighborhood. And, you know, you're not either getting paid to go with a scholarship or whatever it happens to be. Um, and so there's some integrity and honor in that. And that's the last time. And I think what we need to do as high school coaches is, is just continue to be, to break down those adversarial walls by again, just being open and honest. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully providing that experience that's real and focused on the kids um, that they can't get anywhere else. And and I think kids know that and they like that and they like playing with their friends. And 
Um, you know, they may not always come out and say that because with their select groups, they get a lot of, they get some uniforms and bags and travel and indoor facilities and things like that. But I really, when it comes down to it, I think kids, uh, really love that experience. And as coaches, we can continue to just model that. I mean, we have to model that, um, as mm-hmm. high school coaches, what's the most important thing that we're providing for these kids. And, you know, it's not the scholarship and it's not any notoriety or it's not a, Hey, look at me. I'm committed to so-and-so on Twitter and things like that. Um, and I think as high school coaches, it's our responsibility also not to dog on the, on the summer coaches either, you know, or to trash them because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's not fair either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got guys, there's guys that are doing great things. I've got some players that play uh, for GK that are just, just really fine ball players that have spent a lot of time work playing with some of the same organizations and, and they're great kids and, and they're, they're fundamental as heck. And they come, you know, they, they grind it out and compete when they're on the field. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things there too. So, um, you know, I think it's a good question that you asked. And I think we as an association need to be a little bit more proactive, pardon me, proactive in that. But, but, but again, I think we are, you know, getting the opportunity to talk to more and more coaches um, around the state and then building more relationships you know, I, th- I think it's really happening. I think high school coaches are, are doing so much for athletes in the t- short time that they have. And I think hopefully we're just really leading by example. And I think the kids, hopefully, kids know that. I don't know who said it, Archer, Coach Archer, or somebody said it uh, on your podcast. But, you know, you can't be someone you're not. And when you try to sell kids a bill of goods, um, you know, they know it. They read right through it really mm-hmm. quickly. And so I think that's one of the best things we can do. So that's kind of a long answer, you know, and I don't want to say that we're not doing anything and maybe that sounds not very proactive, but it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. It really is. I think we just as high school coaches lead by example and hopefully we'll continue to do that. You know, coach, I think it was also another point that was brought up earlier in the podcast from coach Kribbe at the university of Washington. He said, it's, it's just almost like your duty to represent your town and your high school for those few months in the spring. And I thought that was cool to hear that coming from, you know, the division one level saying that. That it, it is really cool. And, and because I, you know, I don't, I guess we don't want to delve deep into society in that, but you know, it, it, it that's really not the case. Everyone's looking for the, and I don't want to just blame everything. I want to be responsible for my own actions and my own program and kids, but you know, it's that it's instant gratification. It's, it's social media. And that's a real thing. And uh, Coach Cribby, and I'm glad they're saying that because, I mean, I we've had kids commit uh, from the feeder game to play in the All-State game, and then two weeks later, um, you know, they're not playing because their summer coach said, if you play in the, in the All-State game, uh, you're not playing anymore. You know, you're benched, and, and that's just, you know, these stories happen every single year. And it's really unfortunate. So. Um, and so, you know, our responsibility is to coach the whole kid. And that kid comes in with, you know, part of his experience is travel ball or select ball or whatever it happens to be. And I think that's our responsibility to harness that and, and turn it into something positive. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad hopefully those college coaches are uh, going to promote that too more often. Well, I think that weekend, All-Star weekend, was so, when you know, the year I played was in Eastmont. 
And I didn't sleep for two days because it was graduation, senior trip that night, and then drink three Red Bulls and go back to Eastmont and play another game. <laughs> and, but those are some of the most fun stories, you know, that I, I wouldn't have gotten that if, if I would have had not. You know, luckily I played for Archer, who was like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think Jesse said that in the podcast about the kid from Southridge. Gosh, I don't even remember his name, but. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, he was in Florida trying out, and then he flew in again to uh, play, you know, one day. There's kids, there's valedictorians that are speaking at their graduation, you know, on a Friday or Saturday night, and they're making the drive back that night or the next morning to play. Yeah, the stories are just endless, um, that the experience that kids are getting, you know, which is hopefully, you know, and what Jesse's doing is absolutely second to none to provide that experience and and the wholesome uh, you know wholesome gosh it's not 1950 but uh <laughs> just the experience the it's just such a great experience for kids i you'll never see anything like it being at that all-state game when it's it's players and families and coaches and and everyone's happy and it's and everyone's enjoying it and it's just such a cool thing so hopefully yeah, we're kind of doing that and representing that, that, that's so true, you know, being part of that All-State weekend and being able to coach one of those teams. I mean, that was some of the most joy I've seen in just chatting with guys that you don't normally chat with and finding out what they're going to do and where they're going. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, that was actually the weekend I had done. That was Mason Martin from Southridge who uh, yeah. he flew yeah. in and, and he played that next game. And, you know, and it's just thinking, uh, you know, um, different guys that we, we were had on our squad, you know, it's just, it's, it's cool. It's just, you know, being part of something like that is something you never forget. And I think that's the things that we, we hold on tightly with. It is absolutely. And I, I, boy, I don't, I'm telling stories now and I'm sorry guys about that, but you know, we, it, when, when Mike Archer won that, when won the coach of the year award a couple of years back, I got to shake his hand and talk to him on that Saturday a little bit at the field because he couldn't make the banquet, but, I told him that he didn't remember the story when we went over there. I don't, it must've been 2005 or six or something. And we had a really young team and we played him and he probably didn't remember, but um, our center fielder was a freshman and he was just a stud. And so, you know, you walk in there and the sign says the difference between us and them is us. And so everyone's kind of going, Oh my gosh, you know, what's happening here? Well, he's our freshman center fielder in I don't even remember it was the first or second game, and he gets the he a fly ball hits him off the top of the head, and so he's kind of dazed, and that's his pre you know pre concussion days, and so um, I don't I probably shouldn't say that, but you know this is this is when we didn't have the concussion protocols and things, so the umpire stops the game, and everybody's kind of going oh no you know, and Archer's over there, you know, wringing his hands, going okay this is a good thing, and. <laughs> So I see we, we're traveling, so we don't have a doctor or a trainer or anything. And so I see he gets his trainer out, and the trainer's got his hip belt on and his, like, tape bandolier and everything. And he's walking over there. And I know Coach Archer, you know, gosh, set him up, and he probably has a list of questions. But the trainer comes over, you know, and he says, okay, you know, what's your name, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Where are you at? Okay, good, we got it. And he says, now, I want you to count backwards from, like, 132 by threes and <laughs> that way we'll get you back in the game and i'm sitting there going there's just no chance <laughs> who put this who put this guy up to that yeah. and so 
anyway, I'm sorry about that, but that's a, that, that's a funny story there too. And I told, I related that story back to him. And so we had a really good laugh on the field over there. <laughs> that's awesome. That, you know, stories like that is what makes the uh, coaching community just so much more fun to be a part of. And in coach to wrap this thing up, what if, uh, you know, a young guy or anybody that hasn't signed up before is listening to this right now and wants to sign up for the coaches association, where do they go and, and how do they go about that? There's uh, two things. I think one is the Washington state coaches association. That's the website. You can register there um, as a member and you, you, you select baseball and we get a kickback of 10 bucks for every coach you know, and then you get the advantage of having the all-state pass and the insurance and stuff. And so that's one way. And then you're automatically, uh, you're automatically in the, the Washington State Baseball Coaches Association as well. And so other than that, you know, hope just attend the website, become involved if you can. You know, we've got representatives for leagues around the state. We're trying to increase the uh, our reach with some district representatives too, but essentially if they, if they want to get involved, they can email me or Jesse or Glenn or Nick, and then make sure that they're members, uh, through the Washington state coaches association website, website. It's really easy. It just has a membership tab and you go there and click it and away you go. It is easy. Cause a guy like me, after taking a fence post driver to the head there day, I was still able to do it when I got home that night. So, uh, it's, it, it's, it's idiot proof. <laughs> Cause I was able to do it. Um, Coach, what's the, if anybody wants to reach out to you about anything, what's the best way they can reach you? They can reach me at uh, just at my email. It's djackson, as in Brian Jackson, at uh, bethelsd.org. So like bethelschooldistrict.org. Um, or they can call me. I don't, I'm not sure I should give my phone number over this, but, you know, they can, <laughs> they can probably e- email anybody and they could probably get my phone number i'd be happy to to go that route or anyone was interested so either or is fine it'd be great awesome well coach we really appreciate you coming on and thank you for what you're doing for the coaches association oh i thank you guys uh i'm glad to be here and and uh respect what you guys are doing and i'm honored just to just to be able to work with all of you guys you know young old hall of famers or whatever and then the high school kids too it's great obviously so i thank you guys very much and you know i my ears perked up when you started talking about the washington state barnstormers so let's hope that we can make that happen here soon because i know that that'd be a heck of a lot of fun too i think so i think it'll happen uh you know i don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off in the fall again but you know next year for sure i hope uh, i'm almost certain we'll be able to do it what kevin's doing and what you guys are doing you know i think you're really changing the game I don't think we're seeing that right now, um, but it's you're we're offering. It's just unbelievable the the baseball talk that's been going on, and so it's amazing. Well, we truly truly appreciate that, and you know it's definitely getting us through the this tough time right now. So, well, yeah, thank you. We'll be right back with uh, Jason and Kelly, the bullpen, to wrap this thing up. <laughs> All right, we're in the bullpen. Jason, you, you yeah, guys. Uh, I, you know what? It was uh, it was great having uh, Brian on today and, and gotten getting a chance to talk about the association and, and things that are happening there. And 
you know, for the coaches are out there listening, jump on board for that. Um, totally. It's totally worth it. Um, you know, the all state weekend, um, the hall of fame, all those things above are some of the best things that uh, any coach can be part of. And, you know, and I, and I kind of get talks about Brian's, uh, team, you know, the relationship side of it, you know, getting those kids to go out and they're supporting other schools and then, you know, doing stuff with the parents and, you know, that's huge. Um, you know, I, I think that if you get all parties on board, it makes the, the sense of communication and, and the vision of the team, um, you know, so you don't have those type of helicopter parents and, you know, the, the parents are, they're going to have their own agenda and try to go, you know, with their child and this is our, you know, plan and just get more of that team camaraderie. But, uh, you know, it was good. I, you know, hearing what about the association guys and, and what's happening there, you know, it's just, it's continuing to grow. And I, I think, you know, they, they got a lot of things going there and, you know, uh, it, it's just exciting. There, there's going to be a lot of exciting things just moving forward with the associations. Today. Yeah, I think uh, we hit on it a little bit, but just talking about how players are getting pulled in different directions nowadays and different teams, organizations, high school events, summer ball, and, and a lot of those things merge merged together uh, i think the one detriment we have being in washington or at least the northwest in general uh, is our playing season is so short um you got 20 games of high school and you're really going right into summer ball right after that um and it's not necessarily always all state it could be high school playoffs it could be all these things that go into the overlap it was really hard to balance. And I think a lot of that is, is just keeping in mind that, that everything is about the, the student athlete experience, wherever you're at. I mean, we've heard from it from the college level, from the high school level. Um, and, and players shouldn't be deprived from, from any experience, you know, whether that's summer ball, whether that's high school ball, whatever that is, that's, that's their only opportunity to be a kid and to go through that um, period of life for them. Some move on and get to keep playing. Um, for, for most, that's going to be their only experience that they get, um, is playing high school sports. And, and it's not necessarily just baseball. It exists in other sports. And I know you guys probably deal with it a little bit and being smaller schools with, with football camps and with, um, basketball in the winter and the summer and all that. And, um, I think everyone just needs to work, work together to make sure that we're given the best possible experience we are, um, to kids in that level. Um, because they're very impressionable um, and it's really easy for them to be pulled in a certain direction. Um, it's easy for parents to think that they don't want to miss out on opportunities um, that, that might exist one way or another. Um, but I, I think if we can all communicate together um, and, and really get to that holistic student development, uh, we're going to become so much better at, at, at creating uh, members of society throughout this thing. So it's not that one's not more important than the other. They're both completely different avenues of, of the game and, and they can coexist, but uh, I think just barriers need to be broken down at some point in time um, uh, in certain places. It's, it's not a, it's not an across the board deal, but um, you know, I, the value that I see in high school sports is that I can go up and look at stats on max preps for players shout out any high school coach listening, please release those things. Look at them all the time. Um, it's, it's really hard to, to find summer ball stats. 
they just don't really exist because um, games are all over the place. You have to have the same scorekeeper, whatever. Um, but high school is such a good avenue for and a resource for us to um, to get an experience on a guy. I could be at a summer game and I'm going to find out more from them from what is being posted from their high school season. Um, so there's a really a lot of value in both sides. And and I, I love each each dearly. Um, but I think just continuing to work together and, and give that best possible experience uh, to each player. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's I've always been one that high school sports from my position is awesome because that is your opportunity to represent your your town, your community, where you're from and the hard work. And especially where I'm from, a small community like this, and you know, people in Kittitas truly appreciate um, being people representing them and the kids working hard. And I think that's awesome. But and like you said, Kelly, I think that the you know whether they're playing Legion ball, select ball, or whatnot, the communication between the high school coach and the select coach needs to be a healthy one. It doesn't need to be well, I'm better than so and so because what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal should be developing great baseball players, great young men. And teaching, having, giving kids the opportunity to learn baseball the right way, and have a good opportunity. And I think when that's not the message and your goal as a coach, I think that's when things go south, and that's when this, you know, there is that wall built between the high school or the select coach. And you know, from where we're at, we we're lucky enough that we have the Pepsi Packs in Sela, twenty five minutes away from here. And and like you said, the small schools, and and you know, we everyone so and so we have baseball first guys and that's what they go do if they're if they have the skills to go play for arch we send them down there love it then we have the guys that might not baseball they enjoy doing it but they might be a basketball first guy or a football first guy and right now we're so lucky that we have three head coaches in the at the boys and at kittitas that we text each other all the time hey i want to do this this weekend are you guys doing anything and i think that's so important nowadays because kids can be pulled and having three or four different practices a day and that's not healthy the kid needs to be a kid and I think our ultimate goal is to give them the best opportunity they can to get better at sports, to learn sports, and to become a better person. But they still got in the summertime be able to have, be, have some time to be a kid. So, you know, that's that's just kind of where I'm at. And and I think it's just communication and making sure that it's for the betterment of the young student-athletes. Well, that wraps up another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter podcast. Make sure to get on iTunes, uh, Spotify or Google Podcasts, uh, do us a favor, get on there. Please rate and review and subscribe. The more subscribers and reviews we get, the more this thing gets out and other coaches can hear about the the Fungo podcast. We'd, you know, we'd really like to, you know, we're giving the coaches in the Pacific Northwest a voice and, and it'd be a shame if some guys that want to hear this can't get it out. So, and make sure to share on Twitter, share on Facebook, interact with us. We're going to put a poll out tomorrow or on Friday and this weekend and just want to interact with you guys and have a lot of good talks and, Well, I think that's enough for me. I've talked too much, fellas. So (laughs) until next time, take care of one another, stay healthy, and let's get back to baseball.